Welcome to the Heart of Dating Podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to untangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way, because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Hey friends, and welcome to Heart of Dating. I'm your host, Kate Warman, and we are starting this year off with a bang, you guys. Last week, we had the incredible Mina B onto the podcast to talk about friendationships and learning how to walk in your worth. And y'all, in today's episode, we're going to continue on the theme of helping you walk in your worth in 2020. All right. Now, on top of that, did you see that we've launched mini series? These short 15 minute or less episodes will be launched on Fridays and they'll be done in kind of a theme series of about four to six episodes on a specific topic. Our current mini series is tackling the topic of navigating the beginning of dating. So be sure to check out the one from last week where we talk all about stage one dating and the guidelines for stage one dating. And then this week on Friday, we will have a brand new episode for you. Now today, we're also going to be talking about the beginning stages of dating in a very in-depth way. I'm excited to share that I had the opportunity to sit down with the incredible Deborah Faleta, who is equally as passionate about dating relationships as we are here at Heart of Dating. Deborah Faleta is a licensed professional counselor, a national speaker, relationship expert, and the author of Choosing Marriage, True Love Dates, and her brand new book, Love in Every Season. She's also the host of the Hotline Style Love and Relationships podcast. Not only that, but her popular relationship advice blog, truelovedates.com, reaches millions of people with the message of healthy relationships. Today, Deborah and I talk about her brand new amazing book, Love in Every Season, which all of y'all need to go and get. And we specifically dive into the spring season, which is in essence the beginning stages of dating. Y'all need a lot of advice on this because you asked so many questions about the beginning stages of dating. Deborah and I talk about the most important seeds that need to be planted at the beginning of dating. We also even dive into the laws of attraction and the multifaceted parts of attraction. And we even discuss who who you should date and what questions you should be asking yourself in the process. Also, y'all, before we get fully into this episode, I just want to say a huge shout out for everyone listening right now. I want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast so you can receive the latest episode automatically downloaded whenever you listen to the show. We also read every single review and it helps us so much. So make sure to let us know what you think about today's episode by leaving us a review on iTunes. All right, without further ado, here's my conversation with the incredible Deborah Faleda. Deborah Faleda, welcome to the Heart of Dating podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Girl, this is awesome. I, you know, so many people in our community really, really love what you are up to, and I'm such a fan of what you are doing. And so for people who don't know the full capacity of what you're doing, or maybe this is their first time finding out about you, can you share a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So I am a licensed professional counselor. And my specialty area is relationships, marriage, dating, singleness. That's kind of my, the area that I've really spent a lot of time focusing on. Yeah. And I run a relationship advice blog called truelovedates.com as well as a podcast. Yes. 
so cool, girl. And you're an author. And you and just, an author. yes, you're doing a lot of things. I love it. Our paths are aligned. And I love meeting people where we can kind of combine our forces. You know, it's kind of awesome. Yes. But you just recently came out with a new book, Love in Every Season, and I finished reading it, and I'm, I just thought it was incredible, Deborah. I can't wait for our community to get their hands on this book. And so I'd love to ask you a bit more, why did you kind of decide to write this book specifically? I know you also have another one as well. Yeah, well, this book kind of came out of a pattern that I was seeing working with clients. Mm. You know, I work with a lot of couples. I work with a lot of people in the area of relationships. And one thing I was noticing again and again and again is when people went through relationships, they, they had a tendency to cycle through this pattern. Mm. And the pattern was very similar to the pattern that we see in nature. Just like nature cycles through different seasons, so relationships also cycled through these four seasons over and over again. And so the more I observed this, the more fascinating it was for me. And I decided, I think, you know, it's really important for people to understand these seasons because when you know them and you understand them, you can navigate through them and you can use them to create healthy relationships. Mm, I love that. So would you just quickly give us a brief rundown? What are the four seasons of relationship and why do you kind of think each one is important? Yeah, well, each season kind of brings a different element to the relationship. Each season sort of gives you different ingredients that you can work with that are going to make or break your relationship. And they're going to kind of help you and propel you forward, especially for those of you who are dating, yeah. recognizing these seasons because every season reveals something new about the relationship. So We'll start with the first season. The first season is the season of spring. Mm. Spring is that season of new beginnings. It's the season of growth where attraction starts to blossom mm. and chemistry starts to bloom. And all of these things start happening early on in the relationship. You feel excited. You feel energized. You're starting to get to know each other. You're you're growing a friendship and and attraction is, is, is budding. And so there's all these different elements that happen in the season of spring. Yeah. And then you move on into the season of summer. Summer is the season when things get hot <laughs> and you start re revealing who you are. You start shedding your layers because um, you, you want to show this person who you really are. And summer is actually the season of intimacy because as you reveal your layers and as you get to know this other person, you have an opportunity to deepen your intimacy spiritually and to also deepen your intimacy emotionally. Mm -hmm. So, so summer is a really important season to navigate through. And then after that is the season of fall and fall. I like to say is the season when your true colors start to shine mm -hmm. and you realize in fall that you are two different people with two different opinions and ideas and family backgrounds and expectations and just so many differences. And so fall tends to be the season of conflict, mm. but it's also the season of communication because you learn a lot about how this person mm. can communicate these hard issues and how you communicate hard issues. So, so there's a lot of things to work through in this season of fall. And then lastly is the season of winter. 
Mm-hmm. And season of winter is kind of when your emotions start to cool and you find yourself in the monotony, in the day-to-day grind of a relationship. When you're dating, it's usually the season when you start looking ahead and, and combining your worlds and deciding if this relationship is a good fit mm-hmm. or if this relationship is slowly starting to freeze over mm-hmm. and things aren't going how you expected. So every season kind of gives you something new to work with and to reveal the health of the relationship that you're in. I love that, Deborah. I loved how the book so practically broke down and did such a good job of explaining each of the four seasons. And I'm just going to right now already recommend everyone needs this book, Everyone Dating. You're just going to go ahead and get it. But um, <laughs> uh, we are today, I was like trying to figure out, gosh, there's so many things we could talk about. But as I really searched through and thought about what are the biggest questions we get asked, what are the biggest struggles within our community, I've been noticing quite frequently it all has to do with the beginnings stages of dating and even just singleness and even getting on a date. So we have a lot of singles listening. They don't know necessarily how to put themselves out there. They don't know what to look for, what not to look for. They don't know how to get clear about what's going on. They don't know how to really healthily navigate chemistry and attraction. And some of these things are the hardest parts I have witnessed for our single community. So I kind of want to start by really diving into the season of spring and navigating these beginning stages of dating. The first thing I kind of want to bring up, Deborah, is I love one of the first things you brought up in the book in this season is you mentioned mentioned how someone asked you, when you met your husband, did you get a confirmation? (laughs) And you said no. So I'd love for you to tell us a bit more about that, because I think there is kind of a stigma about, you know, immediately kind of thing, especially in the Christian world. So would you just tell us a bit about that? Yeah. You never forget this day, this young woman came up to me after a talk and she's like, did you receive confirmation when you met your husband? And honestly, (laughs) I had no clue what she was talking about at first. I'm like, confirmation? Like, is she talking about that class Catholic people yes. take? With young? Or is she talking about confirmation of my airline tickets? Like, what? And then I realized she was talking about confirmation as in, did God give you confirmation? Like, was there writing in the sky? Was there a voice from heaven? Was there something in your heart that just told you without a shadow of a doubt, that this is the man? Right. Absolutely not. Not even close. <laughs> when I first met John, I wasn't even thinking about marriage. The only thing I thought was he's a nice guy. And why would anyone wear a long sleeve shirt with shorts, <laughs> which is what he was wearing. <laughs> it really wasn't overtly spiritual. Like we try to make it. It wasn't um, these, the, this, this writing in the sky or the sign getting to know him was a process. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying God doesn't reveal to us things, but I am saying that most of the Christian life doesn't happen in these grand one-time moments. Right. Most of the Christian life happens in the faithfulness of the day-to-day in the process in the step-by-step. And so for John and I, when we first met, It took getting to know each other day by day by day. And that was the confirmation as each day passed, as we went through the four different seasons, each season confirmed, yeah, this relationship has the ingredients of what it's going to take to have a healthy marriage. And that is the confirmation I believe that God gives us and the wisdom that he gives us along the way. 
Yeah, and I love that you say that because I think that so many Christians, we just think that it is going to happen like that. And we've seen it happen for some people where they just know upon seeing them, right? And I think sometimes we're waiting for this initial spark or this full-on confirmation from God. But And I do believe it happens, but I think it's the exception and not the rule. And more often than not, God doesn't write the same love story twice, and it's going to happen probably different for us. And so we need to change kind of our expectation there. And and even for people who do get that instant feeling. Yes. For example, I talk in the book about how my husband, when he first met me, he felt instantly like, you know what, something about this girl, you know, that's what he said he felt. He even called up a friend of his and was like, hey, I think I met the girl I'm going to marry, which looking back is not how I experienced it at all. Mm -hmm. But no matter how we experience that initial feeling, Mm -hmm. we still had to navigate through the four seasons of a relationship. He still had to get to know me and, and figure out if I was going to be a good match because you can't trust that initial feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, Feelings can lead us and, and give us some guidance, but they're not the end all be all when it comes to whether or not someone's a good fit for us. Right. Cause some days I'm probably in a deep relationship don't really want to feel like loving them because some days they annoy me, you know? Totally. That, that's definitely what happens down the line. And, and the opposite is true as well. Just because you're attracted to somebody doesn't mean they're good for you. Right. So, so you've got to really understand and look for the things that are going to be signs of life in a healthy relationship. Mm. Now, I love that you talk about two different seeds we should look to plant in the spring season, like the time when everything is fresh and growing. And so would you just share with us, what are kind of those two different seeds that you recommend we look for in kind of the early stages of dating? Yeah. So, so like I said before, spring is that season where there's fertile ground, you know, everything is growing, everything is new. It is the season of growth. And what happens in spring when you have fertile soil, you got to start planting seeds. You can't just expect a great harvest if you haven't planted the proper seeds. And so that's the, that's what spring is all about. It's about planting the seeds of a healthy relationship. And there's so many different ingredients and so many different things that we could say about spring, but two things I want to focus in on are the seeds of friendship Mm. and the seeds of faith. Mm. I think friendship is something that's really underestimated. We can learn so much from building a friendship with someone. And not only that, but the best marriages usually come from the best friendships because it's just such a foundation of connection and um, two people who can really relate and have things in common. I mean, think of your best friends and how they encourage you and push you and move you forward. Those are the type of people that you want to be around. And that's the type of relationship you want to bring into marriage. So, so, so cultivating friendship. And I talk a little bit more in detail about what that looks like, but also the seeds of faith, Mm. because you need to make sure that this person is on the same page as you spiritually. You don't want to marry somebody that you have to drag behind you through the journey of moving toward God. You want to marry somebody who is walking beside you on that journey and and can connect with you on that deep spiritual level. Mm, I love that. It's so true. And the seed of faith is, I think, and you mentioned this in the book, like something we can really 
steward right now as singles. Like we should be working so much on that specific bucket, on that specific seed, even just right now in our life. Like don't yeah. wait to grow close to God when you're dating or married. Like do it right now. You're, you know, Paul says your undivided devotion to the Lord, this season of singleness, you get that undivided devotion time and we can steward that in amazing ways. And, and not only that, yeah. when you develop that, when you become yeah. spiritually healthy, you attract people who are also spiritually healthy. Right. Human beings are magnetic and we attract people who are on our same path of emotional and spiritual health. Yeah. And so the healthier you get, the healthier the people that you're going to attract in, in your life. So, so it's really one of the best steps that you can start to take is becoming healthy while you're standing alone. Mm, yeah. And that will also help you to discern, like you just said, like if I'm growing closer to God and closer in understanding myself, I'll have even better discernment because everyone's like, well, how do I know if I should date this person? Well, if you're growing closer to the Lord, if you really are cultivating those seeds of faith, then you're going to have better, wiser discernment when you're dating. And of course, you know, we'll talk about community and the importance of that as well, but you will have deeper discernment because you will hear more clearly from God. You, Your heart's desires will be more in line with his heart's desires for your life. And so I, I couldn't agree with that more. And I think we kind of sacrificed that one a little bit, I would say, because we have gotten so just worn out in the season of singleness. We're like, well, they go to church, so that's enough. Right. You know? Right. And totally. It's probably not enough, actually. And I think we need to up our standards there. Well, one thing I talk about in Love yeah. in Every Season a little later on in the book is the idea of being spiritually yoked. Yes. And, you know, when, when, one thing about where I live, I live in Lancaster County, which is like home of the Amish, right? So there's Amish people everywhere. I love that. And, (laughs) and a lot of times they're, they're literally using mules to plow their fields. So I met with um, one of my pastors who used to be Amish when he was younger. And we had a great conversation about what it means to actually be yoked because there's a lot of agricultural um, analogies that we kind of miss in scripture. So in order to be yoked with someone and an animal needed to be yoked with an animal that was exactly like it. So you would never yoke a mule and a horse together. Mm. You'd always have to yoke a mule with a mule. That's clear, right? That is clear to me. A Christian needs to be yoked with another Christian, but there was more to it. Not only that, you needed to find two mules that had a similar disposition, Mm. a similar strength, a similar personality, because if you put two mules together that weren't similar, one was stronger than the other, it would completely mess up the process. And one of the mules could even get hurt along the way because the, the, the strength was different. Mm. And I just started thinking about that in terms of relationships. I mean, this is deeper than just finding someone who's a Christian. You need to find somebody who is with you in their spiritual strength, as well as in their spiritual disposition. Mm. Somebody who's you're going to be yoked together with, it's going to be a safe place. You're going to be moving forward and accomplishing things together. So I think this is something that we really don't give enough Um, attention to when it comes to dating. I would totally agree. That's so good. Now, also in the seed of friendship, I I love that you pointed this out because so often we oddly do not actually consider the friends in our community as people we could date. We too often just go to like external from our community. And like you say in the book, we don't 
don't ruin your friendship by dating, quote unquote. And that's what a lot of people say. Like, you have such a good friendship. Don't ruin it by dating. And I loved how you broke this down. Why do you think that's a problematic mentality to only date external of your community and not consider people who you're actually friends with to date? Well, I think those are the best candidates when it comes to relationships, people that you're doing life with, people that know you, people that you're comfortable with, people who are walking along the journey with you and have things in common. And I think the friend zone is a myth because (laughs) honestly, if you're friend zoned, that's not because you tried to approach a relationship with someone who you were friends with. You're friend zoned because there's not a reciprocal attraction. That's Mm -hmm. what it comes down to. If you're friend zoned by somebody, it just means that they don't like you as much as you like them. And that's okay. It's not because you try to form a relationship out of that friendship. Friend zone only happens when there isn't reciprocity in a relationship. And I think that's okay. You know, you want reciprocity, but that doesn't mean that you should just avoid your friends so that you don't get friend zoned. You know what I'm saying? Or that if you're friends with someone, you're going to stay in the friend zone forever. That's not how it works. And I think those qualities and the things that you can learn about somebody during that time of friendship can add so much value to a relationship. So yeah, look around at the community that you're in. And if you're not in a community, you don't have anyone around you, get plugged in, you yes. know, make it make a clear and deliberate effort to, to get connected to people around you, people in your community and your town. Yes, I agree totally. And now one thing in here, so I see this happening a lot. A lot of singles are like, okay, I have, I am friends with a guy or the guy's friends with the girls. But, you know, sometimes what happens is, you know, one person forms feelings. And what ends up happening is this thing I like to call a friendationship, where it's a friend relationship, but there's no actual commitment. And one person or maybe both aren't actually stating the reality of what's going on. And it creates a lot of confusion, a lot of heartache, maybe some soul ties happening because you almost feel like you're in a relationship with the person, but there's nothing been defined. So how do we go about being friends with somebody of the opposite gender, but also progressing very clearly from friends to something more? Because this is where I see everybody getting tripped up. They're like, okay, maybe I have some friends that are of the opposite gender, but I'm in a friendationship and they don't know how to make a healthy progression to something that's healthy in, in something more. Yeah. Well, first of all, I think it's important during the friendship stage to set boundaries because here's the thing. You can only get led on if you continue following along, you know, yes. like that's you're, you're part of the process. And and so you got to set the boundaries and make sure that you're not crossing over into physical things and those flirtatious texts before you're in the dating phase. I mean, if you're still in the friendship stage, you need to be in the friendship stage and make the best of that friendship stage and really develop it. I mean, think about the things that you do with your girlfriends yeah. or how you interact with your guy friends. That's what a friendship should look like. Mm. I mean, there shouldn't, you shouldn't be crossing the lines of something that you wouldn't do with someone who is genuinely your friend because Mm. we're talking about a friendship. When you do start crossing those lines and you do start flirting 
or, you know, maybe someone wants to hold hands or it starts to kind of creep into what could look like dating or you're starting to get these flirtatious morning texts or whatever it is. Yes. Or to, I also find too deeply emotional sometimes. Like maybe in those cases too, it can feel like, oh, we're so deeply emotionally connecting. And now I'm, you know, for women, I find that a lot really connects them to someone. <laughs> it really does. Yeah. And, and, you know, with the boundaries being, being cautious with what you're talking about and how deep you're going. And if you're giving too much emotionally, I do, you know, I, I do give a lot more details about this, but, yes. but one thing that's really important that I just want to put out there right now is that when you do find yourself confused, you need to say something. Yes. You need to say in words what's going on in your heart and be clear and ask the questions or just put out there how you're feeling. I think a lot of heartbreak can be avoided if we would just pursue clarity and yeah. be more honest about how we're feeling, communicate, and make sure that we're getting on the same page. So, mm. so really it comes down to boundaries and healthy communication. Those are like your top two advocates when it comes to avoiding heartbreak. Mm, I love that. And also taking ownership. If you're confused, then do something about it. You know, like yeah, totally. you can have your own boundaries. <laughs> boundaries are up to you and you alone. You know, God's word tells us to guard our heart. Yeah. He doesn't tell other people to guard our heart for us. <laughs> right. like that's our responsibility. That's what yes. we need to take ownership of. Yes, I agree. Hey, you guys, so I want to take a quick break in our amazing conversation today to share with you our incredible sponsor. I honestly love our sponsors so much because they help us make this podcast possible. And I only really share sponsors with you guys that we really, truly believe in as a team. So today, this podcast is brought to you by the incredible Denison Ministries. Denison Ministries is a movement that is encouraging Christians to be committed to carrying out the truth of the gospel within their sphere of influence through a variety of ways, which is also why Denison Ministries loves Heart of Dating because that is what we are doing here. Now, if y'all need a new way to start off your decade fresh and committed to God's word, then I want to recommend that you check out Denison Ministries First 15 devotional. Verse 15 is designed to help you spend the first 15 minutes of your day experiencing God through impactful devotionals, scripture, worship, and prayer. You guys, we need to take this time to have undivided devotion to the Lord and set ourselves up with disciplines right now in our singleness that will bless our future marriage one day. I love First 15 because they have a podcast that's super easy to listen to in the mornings or while you're getting ready or on your way to work. Or you can even sign up for the First 15 email devotional and get it sent directly to your inbox by going to first15.org forward slash subscribe. Thank you so much, Denison Ministries. We love you guys. And now without further ado, back to our awesome conversation. So Deborah, I love also that in your relationship with getting to know John, you talk also in the early stages that it wasn't necessarily that initial spark or initial chemistry, but really his character that led the way for you guys to have a really strong relationship. So for everyone listening, do you believe that chemistry can develop through time as you see someone's character? And maybe how did that happen with you and John? Because I think that oftentimes we don't look at it that way. We're, we look at chemistry first and then character. Right second, you know, and I think chemistry is important, but I think we kind of get it backwards. I agree. And here's what people don't always get. As a licensed counselor, one thing I know for sure 
is that oftentimes chemistry is actually rooted in dysfunction. And let me tell you why. Sometimes we connect more with what's familiar than what's actually healthy. Wow. You know, so many of us come from different pasts where we've been through things. You know, if, you, if you're ever going to have a counseling session with me, you better believe we're going to spend a whole lot of time talking about your past, your family of origin, yes. and the things that shaped you when you were young and the things that, that, that really shaped you into who you are today. But if you think about it, you know, for example, there could be women out there who are more attracted to men who are kind of like playing hard to get the emotionally unavailable type <laughs> right. or kind of playing it cool. Well, why am I more attracted to men like that? Do I trust that attraction? You have to think twice because right. sometimes that deep attraction, that deep chemistry is actually rooted in familiar things, unhealthy things from your past mm -hmm. that are causing you to be attracted to certain people more than others. Right. Maybe the boring, steady guys, the ones that are loyal and faithful and true, aren't as exciting to you because of your past and the things that you've been through. So all I want to say is that chemistry can't always be trusted because yes. sometimes it's rooted in dysfunction and pain and heartbreak and hurts from our past that we haven't totally identified. Mm, it's so good and so true because that is, that's what I've had to take a long, hard look at. I share it with the listeners a lot. I dated for 10 years nonstop and finally got to a breaking point of realizing, man, okay, it ended in a very abusive relationship. And I really was forced to look at my past patterns. Like, why was I constantly dating and always getting heartbroken and always feeling empty and lost and way worse after the relationship? And I had to realize and really face some of the negative problematic patterns. And now that I know those patterns, it doesn't mean I'm fully immune to them, but I'm way more, you know, I'm, I'm more cognizant of when I might be falling back into them. And so, right. you know, I do typically go for sometimes the emotionally unavailable guy, or I have in the past, or the guy who comes off as so charming and super right. amazing, maybe love bombing, but then ends up being a bit more narcissistic or manipulative at the end of the day. And so I have to be ultra aware of those qualities and those tendencies within myself and also, you know, try to pray through that, seek healing through that and continually come back to, you know, keeping myself accountable both through therapy, healing, but also through my community and the people who are walking alongside of me. Yeah. And so, so, so chemistry is important. Important, yes. but, but what's more important is character. Yes. Because character is what's going to last. Character is what's going to grow with you through the ages. It's going to grow with time. Mm -hmm. Unlike other things that we base our relationships on, you know, physical attraction, that doesn't necessarily grow. I mean, we, we usually look our best the first few decades of marriage <laughs> yes. and then we kind of start looking different. You know, yes. that's just the process of aging. So, <laughs> so you got to, when you, when you're looking at these things, you've got to just put character to the forefront because that is what grows and deepens and enriches with time. Yeah. Well, actually you brought up, brought up physical attraction and I know you also talk about this in the spring stages of the book. And so I want to bring that up a little bit because I think you bring up this awesome example in the book about how um, you're talking to this guy who had these awesome lists of qualities he was looking for in a woman. And then he was like, and she has to be a supermodel. She has to look right. like a supermodel. Like a supermodel. Right. And I laugh because this is literally my conversation with so many men, but I don't want to just say it's men. Women have this too. But I think it just comes to the fact that we have all these expectations and then physically we have this these really crazy expectations. So 
Let's talk a little bit about attraction and maybe first start with like the physical attraction piece. Yeah. So, so let's just clarify that attraction is not a one time thing. It's yes. not, it's not just physical. When, when, when we think of the word attraction, we all instantly think of physical attraction. Yeah. We sort of define attraction by that one thing, but attraction, you've got to kind of see the big picture here. Attraction means a desire to move towards someone. You're attracted to them. Just think about how two magnets are attracted to each other, mm-hmm. a desire, something that's propelling you to move towards that person. So physical attraction is definitely part of the equation, Yes. but so is personal attraction. And what I mean by that is your personalities mm-hmm. and your compatibility. I think I spent an entire chapter talking about compatibility Mm -hmm. and what that looks like is we, we often don't talk about compatibility enough, especially among Christians and then mental, emotional attraction. Like, do you connect on a mental and emotional way? Can you share ideas and thoughts and feelings and really get each other mentally and emotionally? Mm -hmm. And then fourthly is spiritual attraction. Do you, like we talked about earlier, being equally yoked and what it means to have that spiritual connection. So attraction is multifaceted. It's not just one thing. And, and it, and and maybe physical attraction is part of the equation of, it's part of the piece of the pie, but it's not the entire thing. Yes. You know, we've, I talk to women all the time who the more they get to know a guy, Yes. The better looking he gets because he is just like (laughs) measuring up to all kinds of good things. But the opposite also happens when someone can be unbelievably gorgeous and you get to know them and you're like, oh my goodness, like there's nothing here because (laughs) you're seeing the other aspects of who they are, the personal, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual attraction isn't there. So you really have to be mindful that attraction is a little bit bigger than we sometimes realize. It's a little, it has room for more than we often realize. Yeah. And you say in the book that with physical attraction, that beauty is fluid and it's kind of changed over time what we've thought is beautiful. And we're so impacted culturally today for so many reasons, like about what defines our physical attraction to somebody and what we find as physically attractive. And it's always shifting. Like back in the day, it meant a totally different thing than it does today in 2020. Right. And we have to be aware of that. What, what influences, what's making us so specifically only physically attractive to one specific kind of person or a person who looks a certain way, right? And I think that when we get so into that bucket, which I think sometimes we do, this quote-unquote type, you know, and our type often for me was very physically based. And I had to kind of debunk that for myself and say, what is really important? Yes, physical attraction is important, but what are the other elements that make me even more attracted to that person? Yeah. And like you said, what's fueling yes. my physical attraction? What is fueling that part of me? You know, sometimes we need to take a break from the, the unhealthy things that are fueling what we think is beauty. Yeah. Um, sometimes that means shutting down Instagram. Sometimes that means taking a break from watching certain movies or, or media in general. Yeah turning off the porn and making sure that what we are actually allowing ourselves to take in 
are the things that define beauty in a healthy way and not an unhealthy way. Mm, that's so good. So a lot of times what I what I've personally run up against and I what I've also seen other people run up against is they're like, okay, you know, I've been really analyzing all the elements of attraction, but I just feel like it's missing. Something is missing and I don't know what it is. What's a good reflection for those people to kind of do if they find themselves being like, I know this is a really awesome person. They have like all the things I'm kind of looking for, but I just don't know if I'm attracted to them. How can they reflect in those moments so that they don't, you know, they don't just prematurely run away or they can honestly make a decision of like, you know what? Yeah, this isn't for me. You know, uh, in this section of spring, I talk about the fact that spring is important because it shows you how you really feel and what's going on inside of you and what's happening in the relationship. And if you find yourself struggling and attraction is, I mean, attraction is one of the ingredients of spring. So if it's not there, then something's going on. So some reflection questions, first of all, ask yourself this, do you have appropriate expectations? Like we just talked about a few minutes ago, what do you expect the relationship to look like in this season of spring? Yeah. And are those expectations based on healthy things and healthy relationships and real life experiences? Or are they based on what Hollywood is telling you that the first couple of months should look like in a relationship or what Instagram is telling you that a relationship looks like? Like, do you have healthy expectations Mm -hmm. of what this relationship should look like? Do you have healthy expectations of beauty? Do you have healthy expectations of yourself? All of those things. Secondly, if you do have healthy expectations and you've checked that box, you have to ask yourself, okay, is there an underlying issue in the relationship? Sometimes in the season of spring, the reason you don't have the feelings you should have is because something is actually wrong in the relationship. Yeah. I dated a guy for a year and a half back in college and I, I, I was plagued with doubt off and on for that year and a half. Mm. And I didn't totally understand why, because honestly, everything was okay. There wasn't anything glaringly wrong that I could kind of identify. But the more I got to know myself and realize what I needed, mm. the more I realized that the relationship wasn't actually a good fit for my life. Yeah, I just didn't know myself well enough to know that this relationship wasn't a good fit. Mm. And so at the end of the day, there was something wrong with the relationship that I hadn't really been able to pinpoint until I got healthier. Mm. And so maybe the lack of feeling is showing you that there's something innately wrong with the relationship. Or maybe... There's actually an underlying issue within you. Yeah. Uh, we talked a few minutes ago about your past yeah. and how your past impacts your relationship choices in major ways. Yeah. And so maybe for you, your past has given you a fear of commitment, yeah. a fear of rejection. Mm. Um, you know, maybe there's things that are holding you back because you're afraid to choose somebody. You're afraid to connect with somebody. You're afraid to let your walls down. And maybe that's what's keeping you from connecting in the relationship. So it's important to kind of identify, are these doubts coming from externally? Something is going on in the relationship or are they coming from me? Or is it a combination of both things? And, and for those of you who feel really stuck, yeah. Um, I think it's important to, to consider seeking the help of a professional counselor because there are some deeply rooted things in your past that are only going to come to surface when you are working 
um, with a counselor and really digging deep in, in, into some of those issues that might be holding you back that you don't even realize. Yeah, I love that, Deborah. Those questions are so good to ask. And I think oftentimes, unless we ask those questions, we'll just write off a relationship potentially too soon. It actually could be something incredible, but maybe there's just something you've realized within you that you have unhealthy expectations and maybe... And, it, and if that's true, it's probably going to come up again yes, and again and again, you exactly. know? Exactly. I always say that there's like sometimes this like we have this reality which is down here and our expectations are all the way up high in the sky and in between there is a ton of disappointment, right? And so we need to be realistic and we have to be constantly pressing in to God about what the realistic expectation is and, you know, check in with the people around us. Hopefully we have strong community that we can be like, hey, am I being realistic here or is this, am I being really outlandish? Are these expectations just way too much? Or is this real and good? And am I navigating this correctly? Like we need to be able to ask those questions of ourselves, pray through those questions and ask our community about, you know, what they think our solid community. Absolutely. Deborah, the last thing I kind of want to talk about too, is a lot of people will end up sitting in the spring season, realizing, you know what, I'm in a one-sided relationship. Either they give too much or they're giving too little. I'd love to just go into that just a little bit because I see often this happening. I've been a lot in these situations as well. I know our community has, and I'd love for people to know how to recognize that and better navigate that, those situations. Yeah. Well, I use the analogy of a plant in this book because I think it's plants are, are part of spring. It's a season of growth. There's a lot happening, but growth can only happen when there is give and take. If you have a plant and you're giving it too much water, it's going to die. And if you have a plant and you're not giving it enough water, it's also going to die. And there's reasons that we give too much or too little in relationships. But the bottom line is this, you're going to end up in a one-sided relationship if you are giving too much and and receiving too little. You've got to have that expectation when you're, especially at the get-go of a relationship, you've got to see give and take give and take. Otherwise you're setting yourself up for heartbreak. Mm -hmm. I see a lot of women, especially they don't see the guys taking initiative to plan. So they, in essence, make all the initiatives and they give to, I feel like they give too much in that area. I'm like, you want to see the man is able to also plan and pursue you. Don't you want a man of that character and integrity, a man who is intentional. And sometimes because we get so excited about the idea of someone or we can see their potential we will overlook these qualities or we'll just fill in the gaps ourselves. And that's just setting ourselves up for a very unrealistic relationship that will eventually those things will get torn down. You know, you have to face it at some point. <laughs> yeah. And I think the key in what you just said is initiative. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Some guys maybe aren't the best planners yeah. and, and some women are better planners and God has given each of us different strengths and different giftings. Mm. But at the end of the day, you still have to see initiative. You still have to see that person giving back to you just as much as you're giving to them. And maybe they give back in different ways. Mm -hmm. For example, maybe you're good at planning, but they're really good at being the first one to text, the first to check in, the first to ask questions. You know, the bottom line is that you are seeing just as much initiative on their part as you're seeing on your part. 
Right. That's so good, Deborah. I love that. My gosh, there's so much we can talk about. And I'm just so thankful because this has been just such a really good like conversation, Deborah, filled with so many practical elements and ingredients for people to really think about. I'm going to recommend that everyone go and get your book, Love in Every Season. But I'd love to ask you our final question that I ask every guest on Heart of Dating, which is just, what is your final nugget of dating advice for the listeners today? Oh, man, I I touched on it before, but I'm going to (laughs) reiterate. Get healthy because you will attract people on your level of emotional, spiritual, and psychological health. And the healthier you are standing alone, the healthier your relationships are going to be. And honestly, what better time to make better choices and expect better things than in this coming year, 2020? Like this is your year for yes. better relationships and it's going to start when you begin to do things better. And I, and I really believe that, that God has given you everything you need to be able to take those next steps. So I hope that leaves you with some hope and encouragement. Yes, that's so good. I love that. I've been saying to the Heart of Dating community, 2020 is our year of walking in our worth and we are going to together collectively move towards that. And part of walking in our worth is seeking the healing we might need from our past and getting healthy and knowing what is healthy for us. Deborah, if people want to connect with you, can you just share those details so that they can find you and get connected? Yeah, you can find more information about me or the books or the Love and Relationships podcast at my website, truelovedates.com. Amazing. Girl, this is awesome. I'm so glad we could connect and have this conversation. Yes, I just it was so great you. to talk with you. I love your heart and love your heart for this topic and encouraging singles in this stage of life. Thank you. You too. I'm so excited for people to hear this book. Woo! Thanks so much. Gosh, my friends, how incredible was that time with Deborah today, right? She is filled with so much insight and wisdom, and that is exactly what fills the pages of her brand new book, Love in Every Season. I incredibly encourage you to go pick up your very own copy if you want extra insight and wisdom. You guys will not be disappointed. It is so helpful. I love today how Deborah suggested to focus on the seeds of faith and friendship in the beginning stages of dating. Do you really connect with this person on a spiritual level? Where are they at spiritually and where are you at spiritually? And what about your friendship? Do you actually like spending time with that person? Because if you marry them, you're going to spend a lot of time with them every day. Now, friends, don't forget to listen to our mini series this week that is coming out on Friday as we address how to be intentional in the beginning stages of dating. We're talking about how to ask someone out intentionally, how to comment on intentional things during the date, what intentional questions to ask, how to intentionally follow up after the date, all the things. So don't miss it. It's coming out on Friday. Love y'all and see you next week. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.